Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. We're starting a new series for this morning, uh, the Gospel of John. I want to encourage everyone to remember to read along with us in your own quiet time. We will not be able to go through every single verse in the book of John. And uh, also, as we slowly read through the book of John, we can hear what God has for us corporately, but also at the same time, as we individually read John, we can hear what God is saying specifically to us in terms of addressing or giving us keys and solutions or insight in terms of how to um, apply to our current real-life situations. So let's turn our Bible, our um, mobile app to John, the Gospel of John chapter 1. But before I get started with John, I do want to maybe jump to the end of the book of John in chapter 20 and uh, read a short passage because I feel like in order for us to understand what John is, we need to know what is the main point and what is the main theme to read and study the book of John and why we want to learn or why we need to learn John. So uh, John chapter 20 verse 30 to 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So as we read through John, remember the three things. It's all about Jesus. Every single book within the uh, Bible is all about Jesus. That All the books in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus, that all the signs, that the prophecy that Jesus is coming. Everything in the Old Testament was pointing us to Jesus, and everything in the New Testament is about Jesus. So, number one, first and foremost and always, it's always about Jesus. Number two, this book is not all-encompassing of all the things that he has done, the miracles and the wonders and the healings that he has done. So keep that in mind. And number three, John was written so that we may know more about Jesus the Son of God. And through knowing Jesus, we will have life, eternal life. So let's keep those three things in mind as we work through through the book of John. It's all about Jesus. He did so many other things that John didn't cover. And for us to know more about Jesus, have a greater revelation of who Jesus is, and also for us to share with others about the life that we have through Jesus. And as John said, by, by believing, we may have eternal life. And also at the same time, you know, as we uh, study John and we spend time, we ourselves will have a greater revelation of Jesus, of of what he did, and how we can continue to do the works that he has called us to do. And he said that we will do greater works, right? We talked about that a lot in the last series on the Holy Spirit. Um, And also by by reading and studying John, it will help us to shift mindset. And continue, continue to think with an eternal perspective, as a long-term perspective. 
because we are constantly living in the current age where it's all about the here, the now, and the immediate response. But when we know who God is, it's, all about etern- it's always about eternity. And think with an eternal perspective from the, in, in terms of we belong to the kingdom of God. So don't get caught up in what is going on around us. Just know that if Jesus is God and we have eternal life through him, then let's live for the one and only who can give us eternal life. So, so the more we learn about Jesus, the easier it will be for us to fix our eyes on Jesus and also to prioritize him and prioritize his kingdom in our daily lives. And instead of fitting him into our daily lives, maybe we, as, as we come to know who Jesus is, we can fit our daily lives in terms of the things that he had called us to do. So um, I actually love John. I'm going to get a little bit passionate when I go through John, and I just want to say that before because I love this book. To me, whenever I read or study John from my very first time to the most recent time, I always feel like I learn more and more on the heart of Jesus. Because my analytical mind, I appreciate Luke in the book of Acts. I appreciate Matthew. I appreciate Mark. But my heart loves John. Because John is so easy to read. Anyone can read John. It's really easy to read. But also at the same time, it may appear to be simple. But there's so many hidden messages, so many deeper meanings within the book of John. There's a saying about this book. that This book of John is like a pool where it is safe enough for a child to swim in. But it is also deep enough for an elephant to swim in. So that's, we read through it, we can understand the simplicity of that book, but at the same time, if we dig deeper, there's so much more to the book of John. So uh, let's go into the book of John. I'm going to, for today, I'm going to try to cover mostly just the first five verses in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the NIV version. If you guys are using a different translation, it's going to be similar, but I just want to let you know that. So we hear these five verses often at Christmas carol services, and we probably don't think much about them anymore. However, there are so many significant things in these verses, and they set the tone for the entire book of John. And just an FYI, just because we hear these verses a lot at Christmas carols, it does not, it's not about the birth of Jesus. These verses are not about the birth of Jesus. These five verses are about the full meaning of everything that Jesus is and everything that he did. We can't fully understand or appreciate these verses until we fully explore the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only then can we begin to to discover and appreciate and and realize how amazing and how complete and and have a complete introduction into into Jesus in terms of this, what this short passage is trying to say, and also have a glimmer of appreciation for what Jesus, who he is and what he has done for mankind. So let's dig deeper into these verses, right? Let's break them, try to break them down. 
Um, and, and I do want to pre-qualify by saying I'm not going to be able to do this justice. And I've read a lot of different commentaries on these verses, and every single one of them said they are not going to be able to do justice to these verses. So that's how deep these verses are. So I want to say that, first of all. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is how John started. So let's look at the other three Gospels of how they started, right? Matthew started with the genealogy of Jesus. Mark started with John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. Luke also started with John the Baptist. However, the Gospel of John is not like the other three. It jumped right in on who Jesus truly is, right? John started with in the beginning, as in before the beginning of time. There was only one other place in the Bible where you read in the beginning, and I think we all know where that is, right? In Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning. So this is the same as in the beginning from Genesis 1, verse 1, as if we are given notice for an oncoming, like, we're setting the stage for a new scene as, as when you go to a play, as you see that, that all, all the people are start setting up again for a new scene, or a new act that's about to happen. So it, we, when we read in Genesis 1, and we realize that when you see the term in the beginning, so this was before the creation of everything, right? Before the creation of light. Even what scientists consider the Big Bang, it was before the Big Bang, if that even existed. God was already there. So before the creation of all the stars in the sky, God was already there. Before the creation of water, right? Because scientists tell us that every living organism needs water to live on, right? America, we just sent the third drone to Mars. It's pretty incredible if you guys look at the, uh, read the news and, and, and see the video of that drone that just landed. We sent a drone to another planet to look for signs of life. And the sign of life is water. And it was Jesus was there before the creation of the water, even. So John, by saying in the beginning, he takes us all the way back to the very beginning, before the beginning of time, if I can use that term. So this introduction is trying to tell us about God and creation and humanity. It is not just a story of one character in one place or at one specific time. It's about from the very beginning. So everything ties together, going all the way back to in the beginning. And then I want to briefly touch on the term, the word here. Because in scriptures, uh, there are two different Greek words that are referring to the word of God, right? You got the logos. Did I say that correctly? Logos. And which is the written word and rhema, which is a spoken word. So um, briefly addressing this, when we talk about the word of God, we know that it's about scriptures, Right? scriptures. Jesus is in the scriptures. And the more we learn and read scriptures, the more we know about Jesus. But there's also the word of God in terms of when God speaks to us directly, how we, what we hear and how we can apply that to our everyday life. So um, briefly just talking about this is how I, I, I want to use an illustration to help us fully understand the two different Greek words that are being used, logos and rhema. So just think of logos as the sun. Uh, we know that the sun exists, right? If we, if we go outside, we know there's a sun. Everyone knows that there's a sun. But the rhema word is the sunlight or, or the sunbeam that's on our faces. So when I go outside, we all know there's a sun. But when the sun hits my face, it refreshes me. 
It encourages me. It, uh, it changed my perspective in terms of how to approach the day. So what that is saying is we all know that this is God. However, how the word of God applies to us is differently. That's based on the revelation that we have of who Jesus is. So when we're trying to uh, talk about the word of God, we all know Jesus is God. But what Rayma word is everyone has a different personal revelation of who Jesus is. And the, 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 the term Rayma is approaching to each of us differently, right? Because some of us, using the illustration of the sun and the sunlight, someone may go outside and as the sunlight hit their faces, they just stop, they relax, they enjoy it, they take it in, and they, they like I said, you, your, your perspective change, your attitude change, and suddenly you have a, a new uh, ways of approaching things. There are other people who will go outside, the sunlight would hit them, and they just keep on going because they're distracted by all the things that's going on. So that's a very simplistic way of trying to explain sometimes when you talk about the Word of God in terms of scriptures and actually the Word of God of how it applies to each of us, specifically, individually. So I, I do want to uh, make sure I step aside to say that. And, and this, when we talk about the Word of God, it, is, it means Jesus, specifically. And we're going to get into that shortly. So uh, he has existed since the beginning. He was with God, as in he was with God the Father. And Jesus was God. So let's look at the next verse. He was with God in the beginning. This may seem like a repeat of the verse before, as it is already, already written, right? The word was God, he was with God. So why is it a repeat of he was with God in the beginning? It is intentional, and the best way to explain this is through a quote by John Aerosmith. You may or may not know. He's a theologian that lived a long time ago. So he, he wrote this. Repetition has diverse uses in Scripture. In prayer, with repetition, they argue affection. In prophecy, with repetition, they note swiftness and certainty. In precepts, or decrees, repetition, they note a necessity of performing. That means we need to do these things. And in truth, which is in this case, they serve to show the necessity of believing and knowing them. So the reason that this was repeated, he was with God in the, big, in the beginning, is to, they, it served to show the necessity of us believing and knowing that God was there in the beginning. Jesus was, is God, and he was there in the beginning. So let's go to the next verse, right? Jesus has always been with God, and he was there in the beginning. So through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So John is slowly transitioning from in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, to he. He's, trans, he's slowly transitioning to he to let us know to speak to the supremacy of Jesus. And it's what, what we read this verse, what we can see is Jesus is not inferior to God the Father. Jesus is not an agent or a worker under God the Father. God the Father and God the Son are co-operating together, including God the Holy Spirit. So 
Um, I, I want to add a verse from Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to reinforce this last statement that Jesus is not an agent or a worker under the direction of God the Father. It's, first, uh, it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For in him, this is Jesus, in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So, there's a confirmation that Jesus is God, and he is an equal third person in the three Godhead. So, this, the second half of verse 3 is just to reinforce what was said. Like, without him, nothing was made that has been made. So, it's to reinforce this impossibility of Jesus as being a created being. Jesus was never created. He was not created by anyone. He was, al was always there. Jesus was the creator together with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So he, as I said, he was not a created being, and he's not inferior to God the Father. So let's go to uh, verse 4. In him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So we learn that Jesus, God the Son, was there in the beginning, right? Jesus, God the Son, is not inferior to God the Father. Now we learn that through the counsel of the three, the Holy Trinity, if I can use that term, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three of them decided and appointed for Jesus to be the source of life, the origin of life, the foundation of life, because from him, God the Son, all life is, was to flow. So from Jesus, from him, God the Son, all life flows. Because you see, like in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So not only life flows from him, but that life was a light, as in a guiding light for all mankind to eternal life. So Jesus is the only light that can lead us to eternal life. In him and through him is eternal life, meaning spiritual life, right? Some may think, well, what about plant lives and what have you? No, we're talking about spiritual life for human spiritual life. So we, can, we know that we all can live and eventually physically die, right? I am um, approaching 50. I'll be 50 in June, so i actually very cleanly aware of this, that my body is not 25 like I used to be. My quickness and my strength is not quite the same. So now I understand when people say, well, you know, in my mind, I still think I'm 25 or 30, but my body is 80. So now I'm beginning to understand what that means. So our physical, our physical bodies will eventually break down and die, but our spiritual mind can live on throughout eternity. That's why our mind constantly thinking that we're still young. Our mind doesn't acknowledge the years that we're gaining because our body is slowly breaking down. And... That's what a spiritual life is. The spirit within us knows that there's an eternity. And we have an eternal life only through the light that is Jesus, the light for all mankind. And we know that Jesus created life. Right? He was the origin of life. From him, life flows, all life. And from him, life flows. And therefore, through him and only him will we find eternal life. So when we can only follow the light of all mankind if we know what to look for, right? Because through him, life was created. 
because life was created through him and in him, that's where we find the source of life. That's where we find eternal life. So the life from Jesus is the light of all mankind. The light of all mankind, as I said, can only be found in Jesus. I know I'm repeating this, but it's important for us to recognize the origin of life and the light of all mankind. That's where we go. We've, we came from him, and we need to look to him in order to have eternal life. And let's go to the last verse. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the light of all mankind, that light, the light is Jesus. It shines in the darkness for all to see. Darkness as in everybody around us, the world around us. Is, we're constantly surrounded by, if we are really honest, we're constantly surrounded by self-adulations, self-exhortations, right? Self-preservation and selfishness. I speak, I'm speaking to myself as I need to daily remind myself of this. So it's, it's not a, a strong rebuke, but it's just something that we're constantly surrounded by. I shared last week on the statistics of suicide. For those of you who were here or you may not remember, the suicide rate has increased 35%. 35% from 1999 to 2018. That's incredible, isn't it? In 2017, 10.4 million American adults thought about committing suicide. That's extremely sad, right? And the only reason that people think about committing suicide is what? There's no hope. Right? There's no future, there's darkness, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's depression. Because you don't want to go on anymore because what do you do? You don't see any future. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I believe that is due to the spiritual darkness because we're not looking to the light that is Jesus. So when we don't look to him, the light of our mankind, we will be surrounded by darkness. You know, presently, we know that we know more. We are, we're, we advance so much more. We have so much more technology uh, versus 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, for those who are old enough, you may remember to have a car phone is a pretty, pretty special thing. And that thing is humongous. It's like two feet by two feet. That's a car phone. Or even to have a pager. That's like pretty elite. But now everyone has a mobile phone and it's tiny. So technology and learning more. And now we know that we have more wealth, right? We are able to, to access more wealth. But it doesn't do anything, right? Our spirit is still in darkness. If we don't have a hope, we don't have a future, and our soul and our spirit knows that there is so much more, there is an eternal life. And where do I go and how do I get there? So, so even with all the technological advances, our souls or our spirit are still in darkness without Jesus, because when we know that when there's no hope, everything seems dark, right? As I said about committing suicide. Why do people do that? Because there's no hope. They don't see what is beyond tomorrow. When there's no hope, there isn't a thought for a future. When there isn't a thought or a prospect of a bright future, then that's when we get reckless. That's when we get careless. That's when we don't care anymore. And that's when eventually we get lost. And that's when it's all about me, myself, and I. I need to take care of myself. I need to worry about myself. Versus looking to Jesus and be reminded that Jesus is a light that shines in the darkness. The light that shines regardless how dark or how bleak things may be. I think if I'm being honest, there are days when I feel like it's pretty dark. Things look pretty, pretty down and pretty low. But if we lift our eyes up to Jesus we will find the source of life. We will drink from him, we'll, we'll look to him, and that the light will guide us and lead us to where we need to go. 
no matter how dark things look, the darkness will never, ever be able to cover up the light and the hope of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you guys. I'm up here. You guys see me up here all the time. But there are days when things seem not great. But that's when I have to remind myself, lift up my eyes. Look to Jesus. Sing to him. Praise to him. That's why worship is so important. Even when we don't feel like it, right? Which may show up on Sunday morning. You had a rough week. Things are tough. Just sing to Jesus. That's what we said earlier. As we open our mouths, miracles will start flowing out. That's how we win. We acknowledge that the victory has been won by Jesus. That's what, it, that's what it means when we look to the light of our mankind. Sing to him, acknowledge him, remind ourselves that Jesus has won every single victory. Jesus is the light of our mankind. Jesus, the hope of glory, is with us. He's always with us. So continue to look to him and point people to him. And I want to um, jump to verse 14 in this chapter before I close for this morning. John 1.14 the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Right? So we just learned that Jesus the Word, is the creator of all things. Right? He has always existed before creation. He is God. Nothing existed without Him allowing it to exist or Jesus created for it to exist. So now we see this in verse 14. We see that Jesus became flesh and lived among us. That is amazing, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? Jesus existed before the creation of time. He created all things, everything that we've seen, and nothing that was created that can be created without him. He was the origin, original source of life. He's the one that pull out his life on us. He's the one that we draw life from. He's the one that we find the light. He's the one that leads us and guides us. And then he became flesh. He became flesh. So how can we possibly wrap our minds around that? So number one, I don't know if we can fully comprehend what it is, who Jesus is. He's too great for our finite mind to think and to comprehend because we think that we are God. Well, sometimes we do, right? That's the self-preservation attitude that comes in. It's me, myself, and I. I, I admit it. I think like that sometimes. I think we all can really admit it. Because at that time, we think about ourselves, what we need to do. So it's difficult to know who God is. And we have to understand that we can never have a full understanding of who Jesus is. For him to take on a human form, all of our infirmities. That's amazing, isn't it? Take on all of our weaknesses, all of our emotions, our doubts, our fears, our, our, our ridiculous thoughts, right? Sometimes we may think that people are against us, like so-and-so is out to get us, so-and-so is out to try to get things from us, like all those things. Or, or like our physical our weakness, like I don't like getting weak, right? I just bought new clubs, golf clubs, just to share with you guys, and I just realized I can't hit as far as I used to. And it's like, I can't, I still can't not wrap that around my head yet. And I still can't accept that yet. But for Jesus to know that and willingly take it on. So that's why it's so difficult for us to fully comprehend who he is and then wrap our minds around he willingly became flesh. He did all that for us. So when we talk about us not being able to fully understand the love he has for us, 
because it is true. We cannot understand it. He did it not because we beg for a Savior. He, not because we deserve a Savior. I definitely can say we don't deserve a Savior. I'm just speaking for myself, but I hope that you guys can agree with me. He did it not because we think we have a Savior or that we know that we need a Savior. We don't even know that we need a Savior. He came willingly because he loves us. That's amazing. That's why the, the love of God transcends all understanding. That's amazing, isn't it? So he went. So go back to in the beginning, the God that was before time, that created time, created light, separated light from darkness, created water, created all the stars in the skies, and created man in his image. He became flesh for us. He went, not only that, he, he went to the cross, the most painful death known to man at the time. So we, you and I, can be reconciled so we can have relationship with him. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Just think of someone who actually hates you, trying to kill you, trying to steal everything from you, and you decided to go to the cross to die for them so they can be friends with you. I mean, I can tell you as a person, I probably, most likely, well, not probably, I will not do that. Some of you may. Some of you are probably better than me. But that's what Jesus did. Isn't that amazing? So when we talk about the love that he has for us, we can't comprehend it. We can't understand it. We can't explain it to people. And that's why the more we know of who Jesus is, the greater our revelation and appreciation of the love that he has for us and what he did for us. So, as I said earlier, I love John. Because not only is it about our creator, God the Son, is acting in a new way, if I can use that term, in a new way within his much-loved creations, right? Because we read in Genesis chapter 1, after each day, God said everything was good. Right? So in Genesis 1, chapter 1, the big event was the creation of man in, the image of, in, in God's image. That was a big climax in chapter 1. Now it is the climax of eternity, with the introduction of another man, another man that came to take away the sins of all mankind. So it's an introduction of Jesus, God the Son, the introduction of the Word that became flesh. So he came, and God himself became flesh. So that's what I mean in terms of John was setting the stage to let us know there's another act, there's a next act that is coming. And Jesus is taken on Becoming flesh, taking on our human form, so then we can be reconciled with him. So I'll bring us to a close by, say, uh, by saying this. The more I study these first five verses, the greater the revelation I have for who Jesus is. And the more I am grateful for him, that I, we, have of Jesus as God the Son. And the more I know of who he is and realize what he has done, that's what I said, the more thankful that I am. Like, oh my goodness, your love, I cannot even understand it, so how can I appreciate it? So I just want more of who he is. And I just want to be so thankful in terms of our everyday, of how we live our lives, and be grateful for what we have. Have you guys ever seen Saving Private Ryan? Anyone? It's a very gruesome movie. It's an, 
I love action movies, by the way, so if you don't like gruesomeness, don't watch it. So at the end of the movie, uh, as you may remember, Tom Hanks was telling, the character of Tom Hanks was telling the character of Matt Damon because the whole group of men went to save one guy, and they all died. And Tom Hanks told Matt Damon, earn it. I think that's why he said, he said, earn it. Because all these people have died for him. So he can be the one brother out of four that survived to come back to his parents. So that's what I feel like for us is once we fully understand what Jesus has done, so earn it. Live a life that is worthy of what Jesus has done for us. So earn it. It's, just, it's, it's like a second chance, right? A chance for us to redeem ourselves and to live and live in a way and and. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going completely off course, and I just realized we're recording. So, anyway, so having gone through these verses, hopefully we have a greater revelation of who Jesus is, God, the creator of all things, before time. And through him, all life flows. That's why these five verses may seem like nothing, but if we break it down and slowly dig deeper, right, it's so simple that a child can swim into it, but also so deep that an elephant can swim into it in terms of how deep it is and what it means that Jesus, the creator of all things, from him all life flows. And for him to willingly took on human form, to go through all of our infirmities, as I said, our emotions, our pain. You know, for me, sometimes I get annoyed by having to sneeze. So that's just a little things. Just imagine of all the things that Jesus took on. Being hunger, let's see, I actually love food. I don't like being hungry. So I sympathize with those who love food. But Jesus willingly took on those things, regardless of, I'm just listing the very small, minor things. But, but that's what he did. God Almighty, creator of all things, took on human form for us, for you and I. Not only that, he went to the cross to die for us, right? So he did all that, so... He did all that, all that, so some of us, not all of us, not everyone, so some of us may have eternal life. That's why it's impossible for our minds to comprehend his love for us, to understand the length that God the Son, Jesus, went through for those who don't want to be saved, don't know that they need to be saved, and didn't want to be saved, so we can be united with God. I can speak like that because I knew I didn't want it to be safe. I knew I wanted nothing to do with God. I can speak from personal experience. But now that I know what Jesus has done, it is amazing. It is amazing. It's like I've been given a new lease on life. I want to encourage all of us to study these verses. Look through the first five verses and live a life that is worthy of us being called sons and daughters of the Almighty God. So uh, I want to encourage you guys to continue to read through John chapter 1, read through the rest of it slowly, reading through each verse, and allow God to speak to us, because next week, Vanessa, I'm finally excited to have Vanessa up here, Vanessa will take us through the second half of John chapter 1. So um, that's why I have, let's close our eyes and let's pray for this morning. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God, just thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord. As, as we study, as we learn this morning that Jesus, you are the origin of all life. 
the foundation of all life. You, you, you the, the source that all life flows from. That you are the light of all mankind. We just want to thank you for you, Lord. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that this morning, that you will give us a greater revelation of who you are, God. Just allow us to know you more, Jesus, than we did yesterday. Jesus, allow us to know you more than we did just this morning or two hours ago. Open up our eyes and allow us to see more of you, God. And drink in and take in more of what you have for us. And have more of your light and your life within each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come and allow us to understand this revelation. And drink it in. And take it in, Lord. That, that we can go out from here, from this place, and realize that we, we are sons and daughters of the Lord Most High. That we have the Almighty Creator, Jesus, God the Son, that created all things. That from Him, from you, all life flows. That we have you. You are with us. You are in us. Jesus, the, globe, the hope of glory is in us. Is always with us. We're so thankful for that, Lord. We, we praise you. We glorify your name, Jesus, and we lift you up this morning. And I pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.